mighty senses tingling. Hello. Hello, Slim and Dale underscore A. Hello and welcome. Number hey. 10. Paper keg number 10. One zero. The Dakota. Paper keg X. Big oh, anniversary like show. We don't have anything planned wise for I anniversary. I do, actually. I yeah, do. And it just, just verbally uh, to get on a serious note. Now, keep playing the music in the background. I like it's, the it's, yeah, it's still going. Um, I wanted to stop and take a moment to thank uh, Ed Slim. Ed Slim is the creator of Paper Keg. He wrangled us all into a podcast and to a, uh, a very successful webpage without him and his constant uh, reassurance and... Uh, you know, energy, this organization. Yeah. I so, appreciate um, it. I really do. Yeah. That really, that makes it all worthwhile. You know, we it, it, we bust your balls and joke around, but we, really, we appreciate what you've done. Yeah. Here. I, I appreciate I you guys. Yeah. I appreciate you more than you appreciate me. I doubt it. I, <laughs> I think I, I appreciate <laughs> Yeah. You know. Well, I thank, thank you very much. And a big show. We're running out of time. We're so jam-packed. Um, look, now, you can't take a compliment, Mr. Right. Modest. <laughs> He's not just too to damn it. good, Dale. Not used to I it. Know. Not yeah. used to it. Uh, big show. Big show. Really big show. American Vampire is our book of the week. Sad that we had to do... Save for the show, Drew. Save for okay. the show. <laughs> We're on the show. Well, you're right. You're uh, right. So this is Paper Keg 10. We'll, we'll get into some industry news, you know? That's what we do. I mean, you know. We'll get into the books that we've read. I don't know what you just said. Gen Z whispered to me. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lost cause. Uh, We'll get into American Vampire by Mr. Snyder and Stephen King. Mm. And we'll get into your letters that you have emailed to us or at replied us. Big topic in the letters section, Flash Zombie. Zombie Flash. We'll get into it later. The Flombie. (laughs) Oh, man. Just made a new word. I like that word. Uh, Let's get into the industry news right now. Jack... King Kirby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he did an interview with the Comics Journal, 1991. Ought 9-1. 20 years ago. Uh, you know, him and his wife, you know, uh, this guy interviewed uh, Mr. Kirby about his life in the comics industry, his life before, his relationship with Stan Lee, mm. his relationship after. A lot of bombshells. In short... Uh, Stan Lee didn't do Jack S. Your thoughts on that interview, Jonesy? Uh, okay, here, here are my thoughts. I, I love Stan Lee, so I'm not going to trash talk him. But it definitely, Jack definitely tells you that Stan was only really involved in the, the most basic concept creation. And that there was one particular snippet where Jack says that Stan would often say dialogue was his own in order to take two separate salaries, hmm. which Stan. I thought was crazy. Yeah. But it, it did seem like um, Jack Kirby, like, it's from the article, it seemed like Stanley would more come on and be like, uh, give me a comic about uh, four people in space. And then Jack Kirby would be like, all right, what about fantastic four people in space? As opposed to everybody knows and loves Stan as the guy who, like, invented comic books yeah and the hulk uh, jack pretty much came out and said that they were all his ideas and he handed he handed him into this you know pesky editor uh who just came up with like the bare bones plot and jack did the whole thing uh dale underscore a is here internet celebrity your thoughts on jack kirby um let's talk about instapaper <laughs> all right instapaper is a wonderful application where you can read articles later i love it that article that got instapapered i didn't read it yet but jack kirk he's a legend and uh well, you're, I, yeah you're busy you you have a lot of other ventures out there you're not just tied down to paper keg things are winding down luckily mm-hmm. uh and uh summer's looking good for me harding paper keg hard um <laughs> uh, my but, my main thing with uh this article uh revelations you know because jack kirby got arrested soul in 1997 passed away um and this article has just finally come out you know in the digital space you know this is in this is only in the the comics journal form printed nobody has those things laying around 
And if they are, they're probably dead. Mm. Let's be honest here. Um, so so Jack comes out and pretty much says that you know he did all the work, and Stan is is has taken credit for it, and uh, and his wife was there during the interview, which I thought was hilarious. You know, I, I just picture yeah. her in some kind of like nightgown, sitting next to Jack, you know, chiming making, in, with curlers in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, she she pretty much said, you know, if anyone doubts, my husband come and ask me. I was next to him in the writing table and the drawing table the whole time, and I saw him coming up with these ideas. Right. Um, yeah. And Jack had said, you know, what? Or I think it might have even been his wife. She said, um, you know, what has what did Stan do when Jack left? What did he create? when Jack left to go to D.C. and, you know, he made the new gods over at D.C., like right off the bat. Soldier Zero, right? I mean, <laughs> what else? Yeah. Other, the, Check the, that the one Flyers off. mascot, yeah. the Flyers cartoon guy. He, He's all over the, the place. The Kirby's at a point. What has Stan done, you know, from that point on? I mean, not that's not to say that Stan maybe did try or didn't try. Maybe he just took it easy for, you know, 50 years. But No, no-legged well, flying soldier um, Zero. <laughs> Listen, I, I think uh, – all right. Stanley. My, my did, opinion will never change with Stanley. Stanley. Let's just throw that out there. All right. Oh, yeah. I, I think Jack Kirby is, is legit or was legit when he said that he probably came up with the characters and concepts. But look at this. Stanley made comics what they are today, hands down. He turn, He's a force of nature when it comes to promoting comics. Right. Yeah, and get and, and hey, and you you two are dads, and saying hey, this is for kids. This is what we want our kids to grow up in, and let's tell moral tales that our kids will learn from. And, and you can't take that away from Stanley. So, am I absolutely shocked that that while trying to do this, Stan borrowed credit? No, because it, it it's it, all, it was a different era. Editors had more control. You know, writers weren't the you know the big names and stars they are today. And I think trying to look at a 1960s workplace and designs with eyes from 2011 is in itself flawed. But, uh, I mean, Stan, Stanley, a legend, and uh, maybe not the way we romanticize him at, but he's the driving force of comics. I'm sorry. There you have it. Underscored. I think, you know, the. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever really know for sure, obviously, but... You know, these two obviously had uh, a tenuous relationship at best in terms of, you know, working together and perhaps getting credit on the characters. But it's just a very, you know, as a as a youth myself, Jonesy, growing up with mm-hmm. Stan Lee and then getting this article, this, you know, this eight-page thesis mm-hmm. interview with the Kirbys, and, you know, he just turns everything upside down. And not a lot of people are talking about it. All right, I don't know when this episode is going to post. And maybe some Comics Alliance will pick it up or so yeah, and so forth. It should be picked right. up. Um, currently, you know, the only site that really picked it up outside of Robot 6, paperkeg.com. Check it out. Check, Check it, it out. out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the fact that just for the, for the history and the oral um, recount. What, what's the word? It's a family show. Oh, my God. <laughs> The uh, just the the Jack Kirby talking about the old days. I mean, and what what kind of really happened? You know, and maybe he's not, maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's right. Like Jonesy said, it's very possible that this is the way things panned out. But just uh, to have this this long documented interview with one of the greats is uh, should be getting more press just on that fact alone. Mm-hmm. The uh, you know Jones, the, you don't care. back in the day, no, I, you know those those single <laughs> issues sold you know millions of copies, maybe hundreds of thousands. You know back in the day, Fast, flash forward to now, Jonesy. Yeah. Um, you know single issues aren't selling that well. Yeah. Uh, trades, they're up, sales wise. Definitely. Do you think the comics industry is better suited to go in a collected fashion? The way that it is written now. And the way that artists and uh, writers are paired together now lends itself to trades. Because you think through the st- – I mean, look at Chris Claremont. They pretty much said, here's X-Men. Do what you want till you're tired of it. They don't do that anymore because they're uh, – the comics industry right now, you know, disallowing creator-owned. Let's not even talk about creator-owned, but just in the big two – 
they try to spike sales and issues, and they do that by announcing well-known creator teams like Wade and um, what's his name on the Lionel Yu. Yeah, Lin- <laughs> how could I forget that on the upcoming Daredevil? So what they do is they try to create buzz on the comic continuity, and then we're going to go buy runs of comic books based on those creators because the the stories and the characters are so old. It's not the same industry it was 20 years ago when anybody could pick up a Chris Claremont single issue and it was mostly one-offs and could definitely read that over and over again. I mean, it's not it's not the same world that we grew up in in comics. It's more stylized. And and building on that, I, I had this thought myself uh, a couple days ago, but the solicitations and the you know how solicitations are out like four or five months before the actual comic comes out. Right. Like I'm curious, and I don't know how distribution worked twenty, thirty years ago, but there's no way it could be it could have been done the way it is now. And that's all for the previews catalog that Diamond puts out. I mean, there's 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 already you know uh, teaser pictures and there's um, taglines and descriptors. Like it's tough to get hype when. There's already kind of a spoiler coming out, like the the, the, the right. death of Ultimate Spider-Man. Kind of, it's like, oh, six months from now he's going to die, but we got to tell you now because otherwise comic shops won't buy these books. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Like, do you remember picking up like your free Wizard previews when you were at the LB at a local comic book shop, and like they used to read like this, uh, and I'll you know, in four months or in two months, let's say. The X, all new X Men is going to shake up. There will be a new team roster, and we promise surprises. Yeah. Now, yeah. now it reads like this: from the hot creators of such property, <laughs> you know, Mark Wade and you know Slim are going to start Ultimate X Men Eight, and Spider Man's going to die. In yeah, it. things like, will never it, be. It the just same. doesn't yeah. like. There's no magic and mystery. In Get anymore. your orders in now. I, uh, I paged through the most recent Brubaker. Uh, Captain America, you know, Samney and uh, is it Butch Geis on Some art, I think. Um, I paged through just to see, like, what the, the end was. And it was just kind of like a in the middle of nowhere, like, to be continued. Like, it's a lot of Brubaker stuff seems like it's already part of a bigger picture that the monthly is just, like, you know, a slice of it. And it, it didn't yeah. even really, like, you yeah, know, that's kind of a weird ending. Where I felt like if Brubaker had kind of a four-issue package of a Captain America story I think it would read better than a, a monthly right well I think Brubaker's biggest issue now versus his work five years ago is he's become one of those buzz names so he's always careful not to paint himself in a corner because he knows somebody else is going to have to pick up a storyline mm. so instead of telling like this great beginning middle end it always seems like is is Aside from you know his creator own work, that it's always beginning, middle, and then dot dot dot. Like he's yeah, yeah. he's making it friendly for the next person to pick it up. Mm-hmm. But it and ends. That's what I'm getting. But it ends in such a way that it's six issues. Right. There's a full story, and that I mean it's it's the ongoing. It's another ongoing debate in comics, uh, but I'd, it, lo- it, I'd love to see them do. Not that it would ever happen, but I'd love to see them do like a big creative team a four issue four or five issue run in a in a contained story and sell that as a as a big combined either a trade or a big issue for nine bucks and you know just get a four or five issue run and that would come out for a month and then you'd just get a different you know a different uh, title with the same format the next week or the next month well they they kind of tried to do that with weeklies for a while didn't they except that the weeklies were so rushed that nobody really cared for these. Didn't they try that in Marvel? Maybe, maybe this is something I'm making. I think up you're my drunk. Head. I think you're wasted. No, right uh, didn't they try to do like we're going to release one issue, uh, one issue, one issue? <laughs> I do wish uh, one issue every week to tell a story. Uh, didn't they try to do that for a while? I don't know. I don't know what you're saying right now. Get there on was, the Google. There was Wednesday Comics. That no, was DC, no, but... never mind. Uh, maybe I'm drunk. Okay. All right. Okay. I uh, I don't know. I just think I, I think I'm I, I'm growing tired with some of the monthly formatted books where there's not enough content for me to care about what's happening next month. Like I would ra- I, yeah. I would care about books more. And I know a lot of readers have done that. They just get the trades of stuff, but 
I guess I can't. I'm too connected where I can't wait that long. Right. Well, it's kind of like, a, I mean, it could be like a chicken or the egg thing. I mean, what what created what monster? I mean, the, the trades caught on, so comic writers had to start writing in six-issue arcs. Or, yeah. you that know. That is true. And that, maybe that, that yeah, that, that, that's, yeah, you're absolutely right. Maybe the problem is people are writing for trades, so right. it's not sucking me in every month. And, it, you know, it's obviously the, probably the publisher's fault more than anybody, but. And then <clears> now, I guess the, the belief is that single issue long runs won't sell anymore. But, you know, yeah. I did, I did read that Warren Ellis's run on Secret Avengers is supposed to be one and done every month. He's going to do his I kind of fellish format. Nice. Which is what I think I wrote nice. about a while ago. Where I wanted to see someone do that on X Men, like one self-contained twenty-four page story a month. Nice, that that's just, nice. That locks me in, and I, and I'm and once the issue is done, I'm like, well, that was a great issue. I can't wait to see you know what story is coming up next. I I, I follow you, and I kind of want them to do, and maybe this won't happen anymore. But wouldn't it be great if they they picked a a fairly well known but not a hot name? Same thing with the artist, and they Nathan, said Nathan Fillion. Yeah, Internet Darling. <laughs> and what if Patton they, Oswalt? What if they just said this is Uncanny X Men for the next two years is going to be this team, not six issues, not eight issues, not twelve issues for two years. This is going to be the team, guys. You have full reign to make a two-year self-contained story and just run. See, I would like that, but the, I you never would see that happen in. ever. Yeah. But, that's but that would stinks. be great. Yeah, ex- I completely yeah. agree because that would be just amazing if they could. I mean, that's what they did with kind of Claremont and what was it, uh, X Men Forever? Or yeah, he could do his. He had free reign on the characters as if he never left. Yeah, and the, I mean, just if they did that, the problem is, what are they going to tell Diamond? What are they going to hype up? Oh, you guys are in it to win it for two years, and you know the uh, the penalt the middle. You know, the story doesn't really get into it until nine months from now. Like, I would love to see that, but I unfortunately, the hype to hype comic stores into purchase, pre-purchasing these comics, mm-hmm. it's, see, it's that's, created a monster. That's another exa- exactly right example of the comic books industry kowtowing to retailers, and we've discussed this multiple times across both iterations of the show. The the comic book store has so much more to offer than just comics. Why let the tail wag the dog? You know oh, why, yeah. what? What's, yeah. I just don't At get Jonesy it. Jonesy loves me on the Twitter. Follow Angers, him right angers now. me. <laughs> I agree. Let's get into some good news. Wizard World Philadelphia will be there. Time of the year. We will be there amidst the sweaty, stinky population of the tri-state area. I'll be clotheslining people with my backpack. <laughs> You'll uh, probably see me trying to wave away Gary Busey's son from our booth. Oh, God, <laughs> that guy. Remember he was looking for beer? Yeah. Were you there for that? That yeah, was, was creepy. Um, I think I'm going to bring the equipment. You know, who knows? Whoa, we yeah. might. We, we're trying to track down uh, the newest internet darling, the Raza. After oh, his oh, after his ish blew up on the internet, Raza, I know you're going to listen to this. So we, you and I, are going to hug it out when we first meet. <laughs> I don't know if he has time for us right now yeah. after Hand, becoming such a celebrity. Won't do. We will hug it out. And if you could sign uh, that Muppet picture you did for my <laughs> wife, I would be eternally <laughs> grateful. It's like all the rest. Uh, so yeah, we'll be there. Maybe you know, maybe we can get a live interview with uh, the at Raza oh, man. on the Twitter. That would be amazing. It First time in studio, huge get. Yeah, he had an interesting tweet where he said uh, the only thing he does with paper keg is laugh and then agree with me in the end. So we're uh, buds. That's a huge, know. huge friend of the show, and uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be great to meet the guy. We'll be we'll be drinking some brew pops after yeah. the con. Can I wait? Maybe Tony Trove and Johnny Zito will be there. Who knows? Those guys are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the comic talk right now. I like it. Let's do it. I like it too. This is a segment, uh, where, you know, we read comics during the week, old and new. Right, Dale? Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, is just taking a life of its own. We're starting to read whatever we, I mean. Anything I can get my hands on. Yeah, let's dig up this old book book from the box. Let's get the digital, whatever. Long box. Yeah, I gotta go into my office and take off that cruddy yellow long box cover. It's just like in tatters. It's just like a flat board anymore. Just unleash that beast. Who's, who wants to uh, start it off here? Jonesy? 
your your face is Jason puckered. Aaron's Wolverine issue number nine with Daniel Acuna <laughs> on art. Acuna, Acuna, Acuna. Jensen, Acuna. your thoughts on this uh, standalone issue? Uh, excellent. Hmm. Jason Aaron, man. He's Jason, just... oh, man. I'll set you up. Uh, Wolverine up. one through eight ends with Wolverine's possession ending. His psyche is drawn back together, and his psyche wants revenge. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Wolverine. Revenge. His only tie to the group that was pulling his puppet strings is Mystique. Shapeshifter, pretty popular. I and know, all three I know of films. You guys yeah, know who I've read her run, Brian K. Vaughan, I believe. He does a world-trotting revenge chase against Mystique. The Bullet Mustang makes a cameo. Whoa! I uh, uh, I had to Google the YouTube video of the Bullet Chase to probably, watch it again. Probably got and an imagine with that. Steve with his hand out with claws like Wolverine. It was great. This is Jason Aaron's ultimate talent. Not not that he can just weave some pretty awesome long form stories like uh, Wolverine Weapon X, um, but if he's going to make a one-off issue, it's going to read like a an adventure story. And hands down, this is this is what it was. You could have dropped any character in a Wolverine story, and the the story arcs and turns it takes is going to. This issue is. I, I'm bubbling. I'm giddy. <laughs> he's are. bubbling. He is bubbling. I I had one problem with the book. What? Yes. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> his head almost hit the ceiling. Yeah. Um, you know, I am a devoted Aaron. You're, you're an Aaron acolyte. I am an Aaron head. I uh, love Acuna. Wish he could stay on the book forever. But... Jim the Aaron Nightheart. That's what we call him. <laughs> uh, my one problem was the end where Mystique is uh, explaining to Wolverine uh, how you know she was glad he went to hell. Like right. a, a few panels. She was, she was talking a while. Okay. And then at the end of that, she said, "No, wait, Wolverine. Let me let me explain myself." And then he, you know, he does his thing. Yeah, uh, he did give her time to explain explain yourself. You barked for like a page and a half. You know, you should have just. I don't know what that line meant. It was just kind of weird to me. You know, give me time to explain. But you already did. You did for three panels. You barked your head off about how you hate him. You know, I thought that one line irked me. You know, she should have said something else mm. there. She did have her time to explain herself. That seemed to be more like an editorial note at the end where somebody said, you know, Jason, make sure you add this mm. red herring to tie mm-hmm. you into the next story. Otherwise, fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I mean, come on. Spoiler. Ready? So, Where's that spoiler sender at? <laughs> spoiler. Not ready. Okay. Anyway, I'm just going to say it. When Mystique, her corpse is up for auction and the hand shows up to buy it. Oh, my God. <laughs> He... Oh my god! Oh my god! Jensen needs a towel right now. He does they're gonna resurrect a shapeshifter as a ninja, and Jason Aaron's gonna make it work? Jason Aaron can do no wrong right now. I love him. I just uh... well, let's keep the X Men train rolling. Do it forward. Yeah, giant size X Men number one. Not the, the original. Oh. Not the original. There's a new version out. It's got a cover by uh, Ed McInnes. How many pages? How many pages was that? Of the giant size X Men number one. Uh, I don't know, thirty. That's not very giant size, but okay, thirty-ish. Okay, right. felt okay. It felt good in my hands. Okay. Didn't know, know, let's not lose momentum. If, Go ahead. Uh, this is a uh, telling a story about the Neo. Do you remember the Neo in the X Men? I think this was a, Cla- a Claremontism when he tried to strut his stuff in the nineties, early two thousands. Don't remember that. Uh, this is an evolved version of mutants. You know, they have evolved powers. This is like Homo sapien, uh, a little offshoot. Okay. Hmm. Homo superior. Okay. I'm sorry, Homo superior. Right. Uh, so they come back for revenge, Jonesy's favorite word, on the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, but they flash back to the past, the original team, and uh, a mysterious group of individuals met up with Cyclops called the Evolutionary. And they, uh, Oh, the High Evolutionary? Their job is to ensure mutant kind's survival against all adversaries. So uh, you don't know what happened in the in the 60s, in our time, uh, but in present day, 
the evolutionary destroy. They wipe out the Neo. Their entire race eradicated Goodness. because they pose a threat to mutant kind. So wow. uh, that is revealed to the to the reader, but you don't know what kind of what kind of deal Scott forged with the evolutionary. Oh, kind of like making a deal with the devil. Like he did something back in the day. Maybe he gave away his sight. Huh? Huh? Uh, oh my no, gosh, no? man! I, that's that's huh? absurd. Okay, I'm just going to throw that. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, was already um, a mutant and an adult. I remember the high evolutionary tweaked with Professor X, and that's how we got Onslaught, right? He gave, maybe he gave us what gave away his two Bs. Oh, Cyclops. Okay. <laughs> I think we should just end it right now. Now, am I right, though? High Evolutionary was a I, X-Men that, villain. That name sounds familiar. But slash I, Fantastic I, Four. I can't remember. Okay. Um, I, my only issue is, you know, this, I don't know if they're, they're trying to add uh, almost Deadly Genesis-esque information to the past. Anyone remember that book? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. there was a mysterious second team that went to Krakoa to save the X-Men <laughs> that didn't make it. Did he do um, pencils or did he write it? Krakoa? No, I, <laughs> I tried making out a joke and I failed. Uh, it worked beautifully. Um, but my issue is if these are the guys that are supposed to uh, ensure mutant kind survival, where were you cats in House of M? Huh? Hello? Agreed. Yeah. Hello? Does this have anything to do with schism? I believe it leads up to schism. Uh, maybe, you know, when this is revealed, maybe this will be the schism between maybe Wolverine and Cyclops. Oh, my gosh. As a side note, I read the second issue of Schism and was pretty pissed off that there wasn't the same art as the first issue. Oh, really? Um, oh, it's not? No, I it's don't not. Schism. What, what was it, Prelude to Schism number two, or was it? Yeah, Prelude to oh. Schism number two. So Magneto on the cover, not as good as the first issue, and I'm probably just going to drop it. Pwned. Paul Jenkins is hit or miss with uh, with everyone, I think. It was really weird. It was like Magneto sucking up to Cyclops for a whole issue. Beat it, you loser. You're Magneto. Throw some balls. That doesn't even fit the characterization. Never forget. Let's move on. I'm getting upset. Calm down. Just calm down. Last. The last resort. Never heard of it. Is this this Pixel Tag right now in print form? What's happening right now? Jimmy Palmiotti. Palmiotti. Okay. I know and his uh, writing partner, I guess, Justin Gray, or his artist. Justin they Gray? They do a ton, an S-ton of stuff together. Really? This guy, I mean, I'd, I'd like to know J- Jimmy Palmiotti's story more because he does a lot of work. He does. And all the Justin Gray. I always had him linked yeah. with, nice uh, business model. with Joe Quesada in the Marvel Knights era. I always had them two together. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. And they kind of I did liked their own, Marvel Knights. They kind of did their own thing. Street-level guy, you know what I mean? I love the street. You know And Go ahead. But I have a thought to uh, share later. So the last resort is is very cool. It's right up in my wheelhouse. Air quotes. Air quotes. Um, that are going very fast. It is <laughs> hyper wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, it is about. It is simply a zombie movie from like the seventies. Hmm. So it's got all kinds of stereotypical, you know, TNA. I I'm interested. I mean, uh, is it Suicide Girl level TNA? Lower, uh, higher, equal. No, because not every page is that, but okay. you know, it's but it's more like SUL situations. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I can say that first the, word. But. You can say SSC. That's a rating they used okay. in the Cinemax back in the day. Um, but it's a, a you know a guy's on a boat, a zombie. Well, he's he's not a zombie yet, but he washes up on a he's on a boat. He washes up on shore of this little resort, and uh, the lifeguard starts to give him M two M mouth to mouth. And uh, he, like, bites the lifeguard's face off, cut to uh, a, a panel. Like, each page is devoted to a different set of resort guests that are packing up and leaving their house. Oh, my God. <clears throat> so the, and they're flying to uh, Aruba or something, and the uh, there's a bad storm, so this the flight has to get redirected and lands in clear line or, or whatever this place is called. And uh, that's, that's where... That's not good for them. That's where issue one leaves off, and... They run out of fuel, so they're sitting there on the runway, and this fuel truck is coming out to them. Fuel not truck's good. not this stopping. Is a zombie driving the fuel truck? Fuel truck's not stopping. It's just going straight. Shut it Flies down. right into the plane. <laughs> Life spoiler. I don't know what happens, but uh, this is, it's IDW, and if you like 70s, 80s zombie movies like the uh, De Laurentiis zombie, mm-hmm. your uh, Argento, it's just like that. It's a lot of uh, unnecessary boobage. 
with uh, women swimming. There's right. totally necessary. There's like to- <laughs> there's a you know uh, one off comments about how guys are always effing and stuff like that. It's really good hmm. if you read it like that. It's if you try to read it as like today's Dawn of the Dead or something the remake. It's not. It's, so, you can't take. Is it this available in their app too, or is this just? Prime? Yeah, this is in their app, uh, the IDW app Huge. for iOS, and uh, it's a five issue miniseries. I only read the first one this morning, but. Uh, I'm going to read the rest. I already huh. bought the rest. I just haven't read them yet. That's Dale's digital recommendation of the week. Of the Huge. week. Jimmy Palmiotti. And I'm trying to think of a sounder right now. <laughs> you had a statement or a comment while yeah. he was talking? Oh, yeah. You, you sparked a little bit in the old noggin here. I think that's why I don't like Thor or didn't like because Thor. Because of 70s zombie movies. No, no, no. no. Before he said, uh, we were talking about Marvel Knights Error. I like the street level superhero, and Thor is just too much of a heavy hitter. Hmm. I think yeah. it's just my personal taste gets in the way of Marvel Knights Spider Man, you know, good writing oh, or anything like that. Mark Marvel Miller. Knights Daredevil, oh, come yeah. on, Mark M. Sorry, One of my faves. Yeah, what was the storyline of that? He kidnapped uh, the villains, kidnapped Aunt May. Is that what happened? And he had to get back at them. Does anybody remember that? Yeah, I think that's what it was. It's been so long. Jonesy, what are you reading right now? All right, Venom. Number three. Mm. This is where I get off the Venom train. Uh-oh. Oh, stops it. So issue number three. All right. Issue one and two. What they got right was it, Venom was a short-term suit for Flash. He had to rely on technology like guns and things because he couldn't fully access the symbiote's power in less than one day. Venom issue three. Let's throw all that good S out the window. Make Flash become the Spider-Man Venom we know and web sling. And then let's have Spider-Man come out of nowhere to fight him. Jeez. Back to the same formula. Why don't you just take that awesome concept and pee all over it? (laughs) (laughs) They did that. They screwed that up, I think, with... Remember that Venom story back in, like, 03, 02? It was, like, John Carpenter's The Thing. No. And uh, the symbiote, they found it in the Arctic, in the middle of the Arctic... And uh, the symbiote crawl basically just uh, starts preying on the uh, the few amount of people in this science base. It was That's it was a totally really cool. good story, and then it yeah. just got out of hand. Like it just turned into that. My uh, <sighs> I know um, I think Mr. Fowler take over took uh, over takes over art Tux duties took this is month. Grammatically Tux correct. Is. I, I thought it was. I know him and Re- uh, Tony Moore are going to be rotating on art. Um. My problem with this book, I did think that the back to regular Venom was kind of, eh, was hoping that you could stick with this formula for a while longer. Um, but the book is Why too not? the I book mean, is too dark, color wise. Yeah, you know, Fowler's uh, black and white pages came out like a month ago when he was working on them. They're awesome, and all of this great art is just too obscured by the dark colors. And I know that's the theme of the book, but. Um, no, no, I you I could agree. get some podunk artist from you know Schlubsville, and they could darken it up, and it would just look like anybody. So th- this is what I really wanted from Venom. I I know love. that they hmm? love well, well that too. I know that they're eventually going to have to go back to the old Venom, just because it's cyclical. It's going to have mm. to go back to the old Venom. Why couldn't you take this great concept and maybe spin it into Flash's own original character? Didn't isn't you know? Didn't the symbiote give birth to Carnage? Why couldn't it give birth to another symbiote that became Flash's symbiote, and he continued in this military? Then he wouldn't career. be Venom. You could call him something else. Venom too. At this point, it sucks. So <laughs> call it l- Larmage. <laughs> Tell it like it is. Yeah. on the Twitter. You could uh, you could malice. Let's let's do something. Call here. him Flashpoint. I mean, the guy's name is Flash. Uh, they did that. Right? They they made a combined the first two issues. The the point one and the number one issue, and they called it Venom Flashpoint because Marvel's jerk asses. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they called it Venom Flashpoint number one. I don't know. I, I just I I have that stinks ne- to hear. Rarely mm-hmm. have I been as disappointed as I am with Venom three, because usually I'm like, well, that's just how comics go, and you really can't get too involved. And then I read Venom three and threw it across my apartment in anger. I wonder whose decision that was. Was it was it always Remenders. Maybe maybe it's not maybe it's not a permanent. Maybe it's just one thing because the only reason he's reverted into Venom is because he's been wearing the suit for seventy two hours. 
oh yeah so maybe they're you know maybe it's temporary maybe jonesy is just you know he's just maybe, lost hope maybe he just has no patience right know. now he give needs it, to relax give it another shot jonesy God. for you dale let's move for into you. something more Thanks, exciting drug addiction that sweet is the most depressing thing you read my mind green lantern Green Arrow, whoa, eighty-five. Brave and the Bold. Mm. Uh, is that what it was? Brave and the Bold. Is this the 85? Jesus cover? Oh, that's what cover? No, this is not the Jesus one. I did not pick that up. I wish I did. Matt Lauer. Uh, Comicsology. Cad. Comicsology and DC know how to promote when the when the iron is hot. You know, mm. ninety-nine cents. There's like three hundred oh, Green Lantern books on their app. Hundred and one. Uh, by the time you're listening I, to this, I went and picked up Secret Origin on Slim's recommendation. Good man. Yeah. Mm. Actually, that was Mike Graham six. Recommendation Great book. on the paper keg. Rebirth. So the paper okay. keg Twitter? Nah, maybe. Yeah. Nah, I recommended yeah. Rebirth because Rebirth, that was yeah. the first I read, and then he said to read Secret Origins because uh, Rebirth no. was too. Rebirth. We read Rebirth together, one comicsology. Next to each other. First we were at DC. On each other's lap. No, we read it. Yeah, you both yeah. had your both you had your own iPads. Though. I had his fingers in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Uh, so this is the famous cover where, you know. Uh, Green Arrow's ward is, you know, slapping his veins. Speedy. Oh my God. Speedy is, you know, he's getting slapping fast. Slapping his veins. He is. He Speedy's looks... on speed. Um, and th- this is the first time I've ever read this. I've only seen the cover a million times. So ninety nine cents in the app. You gotta get You're it. Kidding I mean, me right just, now. Just to say that you just to read pick it. that bad boy up. I want to buy all of. Fired them right up now. that DC app. I downloaded it. Um, boy, the, those characters, Green Arrow and Green Lantern, those guys are dopes in this issue. Plus the way they talk, I know it's like the seventies. Uh, oh god, I, I could barely read that issue. That does not stand up to the test of time. So what happens? Uh, Speedy he, uh, going to Betty Ford? Or? Well, no, Green Arrow uh, gets uh, mugged. Some guy had a crossbow. Classic, <laughs> classic Green Arrow move. Get mugged <laughs> in the street. Exactly. Uh, he goes to the hospital. It's it turns out it's one of his arrow heads. Uh, so he, you know, tries to bust up these drug addict teens, um, cause the drug addicts stole the, they, well, what tools. happened is, uh, Speedy, Jesus. uh, has been, you know, selling this oh, jive yeah. turkey product for drugs. Um, and well, the problem is they get to this hideout and Speedy's there and they're like, huh, great work, Speedy infiltrating these drug <laughs> yeah. lords. Working undercover, yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, that's what I was doing." <laughs> oh, and he's like hunched the, over in the corner. He's, he's like, throwing uh, up. And then so stay they, there, Speedy. So they eventually go after you know the head cheese turkey that's selling these drugs, um, and they get their asses kicked. I can't remember how because it's just awful. Neil Adams on art, which is the highlight of the book. And this is pre-psycho Neil Adams. Uh, I was gonna say. <laughs> um, so the worst part is is they get you know roughed up. And these guys uh, shoot them up with drugs. Oh my! They're passed God. out. And what I was is this like, taken? I was like, "Whoa, that's pretty intense." They're getting you know heroin shot up in their veins. I don't think they ever say what drug it is though. So they, they probably couldn't. But yeah, Why is they it copyrighted. W- they wake up and they're like, you know, they play it off like this. They have this huge hangover, like <laughs> it's yeah. like insane. The one cool part though, right before they passed out, was Green Lantern tried to use his ring while he's all doped up. And he created this like huge Green Lantern like scary monster. You know that's his interpretation uh, of what he needed to do with his ring when he's on drugs. And uh, it was just so hammy, you know. Wow. Green Arrow waking up, you know, from Terrible. a hangover of heroin. Uh, uh, meanwhile, he's offering up love to get some more of that uh, goodness. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, they finally realize. It. I think they bust into his, his Speedy's room, and he's like, you know, he's slapping his vein again. And he's like, you didn't realize it was me that was on drugs? <laughs> and then it ends. So it didn't even really, the, the reveal on the cover was the last page, pretty much. So I, you had to get uh, the second issue so to find nothing, out what happened. Oh, okay. How big of a D is wow. Green Lantern, though, where he's like, you always have an answer for everything. What about this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I totally called him out. Oh, God. They're, but, yeah, they're they're dopes. The Green Arrow and Green Lantern were total dopes wow. in that book. I mean, you, you you might have to just buy just to see the How 70s interact, interaction they had with Shut each other. Um, but, yeah, that's it. You know, let's wow. move on. You know, let's move it on up. Dale, you have another book? Do you have another one? Back to the old uh, marvely, marvely, marvely FF number four. 
Oh, someone always has an it. FF in our uh, I know. show. I can't stop talking about it though. It's uh, it feels like it comes out every week. It, yeah, I, th- I think it does because <laughs> every time we record a sh- show, there's, there's one to talk about. There it. is. It's insane. So I feel like I kind of I read it, so therefore it's one of the books I read. So I have to talk about it because I haven't been able to read any more. I think than Fantastic that. Four should be a sponsor of the show. For God's sake, Feature Foundation, yeah. Slim, Slim, God, whatever. Did you say Feature Foundation, Feature, Feature, <laughs> Coven. What's happening in uh, the FF these days by the Hickman? It's good still. Hmm. Ish. Uh, this was the last book I read last night. So it was semi. Jonesy, Jonesy, didn't you drop this or were you about to drop no, this? No, no, no. Uh, you're thinking of uh, the last host, David, who didn't like Just Dan's Dave. Slot. Oh, sorry. Just, Just Dave. Dave. Just Dave. He was a special guest host. Um, so the, symp- the symposium on how to defeat the Reeds is going on, and all these B level. Slapper villains have prov- provided nothing uh, in the form of constructive advice on how they would defeat Reed. So, Reed's dad, Jonas, or whatever his name is, Jonas Venture, <laughs> Jonas <laughs> Richards, Venture. Jonas Venture from the Venture Brothers. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like, you guys are asking the wrong questions. What you're, what you should be doing is asking the right questions. So then he's like, Reed, what would you do if you had to start a war to get back to your home planet? And at the end of the machine, at the end of the show, Reed's like, "Oh God, they're building a machine," and that's oh God, a- oh God like, oh, that's it, that's it's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that whole grouping of the villains was for nothing, and they yeah, just it was solved pretty it in much. One second. Abs- it was absolutely useless. It, well, no, it, it served the purpose that they made it. Doom had a pretty, uh, pretty great joke when he's like, "So let me see this." Reed Richards cares nothing for family or friends or planet. His only designs are to use the. You know, the universe has his own vessel to get back to where he wants to. And there's like a there's like a yeah. beat and then he's like, I like this Reed Richards. <laughs> yeah. Um Meantime, Sue has been called to Atlantis or old Atlantis because at some point in the F, uh, Fantastic Four she was made queen or leader of the Atlantis. I think that was towards the end of Hickman's run of the original Fantastic Four title. <clears throat> so she brings along uh, Spider Man and Alex I think is one of the Future Foundation kids, right? Um, to help fight the the issue, and then I forget what happened. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't really understand what happened because there were these. I don't know if this was the native race of the Atlanteans, but they were smiling for some reason. I think be- I didn't understand that only because I didn't know the players. I, I did pick this issue up and I paged through it, and I remember just kind of getting through the end. I don't know if I wasn't in the mood to read the issue or what, but. I flipped through to the end, and I remember, I think it was the Mole Man. Uh, yeah, Mole Man, and one of the Reeds were there. Yeah, so they forged an alliance to um, to help build their machine. I forgot about that. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I don't know, I think I'm kind of done with FF. Yeah. I, is this, well, um, I'll probably keep up I, with it, but I don't know. I'm going to try not to talk about it on the show anymore because I <laughs> feel like I talk about it all the time. Um, I don't know. I mean... The, I think they, they they missed a great idea with they could have done an entire issue with the villains trying to formulate a plan to take down Reed. That would have been an awesome issue, just a full twenty two page issue of the villains going back and forth. Wouldn't it be cool if they had like callbacks and like old timey panels, like thinking back to at one time they had a conflict with Reed and uh, right. You know they should like reprinted or remade those mm-hmm. panels like and then with the, the monologue from the villain side of things and yeah. and what they could do better. That would actually be really yeah, cool. Yeah, it would have been a cool idea. Jonesy, uh we're we're ready for your book and we're running out of time. We got to get into the book club uh Lightning round. No, right around? now your book is the last one. Okay. Oh, I got to pick something good then. Pick it good. Pick it good. Oh, jeez. You know, instead I'll just um, I'll talk about one of the things. We, I don't know if we touched on it last episode or maybe it was the the chatter before we started up. But I went back and read JMS's run on Thor. Oh yeah, because I um, saw his movie. credits at the end of the film, and I don't see how his run connected to the movie at all, except for the costume, really, and the fact that it happens in like a small town. Hmm. But okay, that aside, yeah. how was the run? Uh, the the run is uh, out of nowhere. The gods come back. Uh, no, Donald Blake resumes the identity of Thor, um, and Thor's mission is uh, of course you remember Thor disassembled. Uh, Thor ends. I don't remember. I don't well, either. 
he all the gods die shocker and then thor is the only one left and thor like decides that if he himself returns then they're gonna start this whole process again so thor decides he's dead he's gonna stay dead donald blake reappears and uh, i know we talked about this before the the hammer majolnir Mm-hmm, falls right. to, falls to the earth and Doctor Doom tries to lift it and all this kind of stuff. Well, that event is the catalyst for Donald Blake being resurrected. He goes back, picks up the hammer, and becomes Thor. Hmm. And you you see like at a side uh, moment that he convinces Thor to come back. That's how he's able to be a Thor again. So wait, Donald Blake becomes a Thor, but Thor is also a separate person. No, no, no. What ha- what happens is we see the moment of him striking the thing and becoming Thor. But then, like, the next panel explains in that moment he goes into the void where Thor's dead and kind of convinces him that, you know, that everything is over. We have a chance to start it new with you as Odin because he's still, mm-hmm. you know, Odin is still dead. And that you Odin have, sleep. Yeah. Well, no, he's actually. Oh, he's Odin dead. Yeah, he's Odin. He's in, he's in the Odin dead. Odin Goffin. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Thor agrees that, you know, now that there's no blueprint. He can go back and choose who he wants to bring back. And um, so Thor comes back and, you know, remakes Asgard again and starts resurrecting, you know, the the Warriors 3 and Heimdall and all, like, his trusted people. And then, of course, gets tricked by Loki into resurrecting everybody. And it kind of leaves it, like, all the sacrifice Thor made and Thor disassembled was for nothing because it's all back to square one. Um I mean, the only thing that I really redeemed this book for me was I like Thor's costume redesign. I didn't like the old muscle shirt and red cape, but this is more of kind of like armor, and uh, it was the the model used for Chris Hemsworth's costume in the movie. I mean, the art and uh, that kind of stuff was neat, but I just think JMS gave us more of the same and tried to sell it as something new. Mm-hmm. I mean, they definitely, uh, they probably tapped him for the movie because he's got experience. You yeah, know he's in mean? the biz. He's in the biz. I just discovered his Twitter yesterday. Did it? Yeah, I think, it's it's Trez- I think it's Straczynski. Oh, my God. Good luck. Keep an eye out for Straczynski on the Twitter. Are you in a book club? We are. Want to read along with us? We are. God, that horrible. is awful. That is hard. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> No, yeah, we got to we got to retire. Something else. We might retire that one. I don't know. I think um book of the week um suggested I'm not sure who suggested it. I'll take credit for suggesting blame. I'll take blame. Scott Snyder's and Raphael Albuquerque Great American name. Vampire and Stephen King too. And Stephen King. Big, uh, big selling point. I was gonna, say, uh, you know, I was taking my notes. Steve, uh, Stephen King did like a backup story. Really, he's doing half the book. You know, yeah. it's like eighteen yeah. pages. Um, set the stage, nineteen twenty-five, Jonesy. I remember it well. Hollywood, Pearl and and Hattie trying to make it in the biz. You know, they they're just extras in the talkies, saluting it up. That's alleged. Um. Uh, Pearl gets invited to this big uh, party from the producer, Block, by the star. Um, the mustachioed Yeah, man. the mustachioed Mr. Hamilton. Ah, uh, yes. Um, takes him to this party. Newsflash. She gets served up like a platter oh to these vampiric God. producers. End first half of issue one. Your thoughts on first half of issue one? Well, the this, the the series uh, expands to Pearl becoming, with the help of uh, Skinner Sweet, the other main character, who is a kind of uh, vampire, but an evolved vampire, kind of like Blade, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's uh, the best way to put it. Jonesy has a very <laughs> disturbed face, and he <laughs> oh wishes he doesn't even want to talk about this book. Uh, no, listen, I'll, I'll I'll put out the pros first. The first Scott Snyder's first issue first half of issue number one was actually quite good quite quite good because it read like a Mm one-off like a nice introduction to this world of american vampire i thought the mystery reveal you know because you're waiting for vampires the whole book 
And then when when it gets to the last two pages where you find out that in this world, vampires have retired to a more financial, influential society like that. That was touched on in Blade the movie, but it was nicely done here. And then, you know, Pearl dies and okay, now we know it's about vampires. When I started to read, even when I started to read Stephen King's backstory, which you eventually find out is Sweet's backstory you know they're kind of telling two stories at once about the two main characters even that I liked but I think that my biggest problem with the whole American Vampire run is why are we why are we being told Pearl's story because he wants to turn a victim into another you know badass Buffy the Vampire Slayer it just didn't seem like it like that that wasn't the best story he could tell with that right. setting. So, so the overall of the first trade is the first half of each issue is about Pearl. Um, she became a vampire. Skinner Sweet is another evolved vampire, this shady-looking dude who who helps her become another evolved vampire. So she goes on like a revenge tear. Uh, and the backstory is told by this writer who followed around a sheriff that had originally arrested Skinner Sweet. Um, and he was not a vampire yet. He was just kind of a dirtball bank robber. Um, he breaks free. He, the, the, uh, this Percy, this, the, the financier of all these banks that Skinner Sweet was robbing was, was, was with the bank, was with the sheriff as he, you know, took him in. They fight. Percy bites him. Or no, he does bite him, and then you know mm-hmm. some of the blood, some of his blood gets in Percy, so he becomes an evolved vampire. So the backstory revolves around Percy's life after becoming a vampire and swearing revenge on the people that captured him. So there was two distinctly different uh, time frame stories happening. Yeah, Skinner's was like eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties. Yeah, did yeah. that did that throw anyone else off? But by having to switch between two eras. That are like equally sized books. And I mean, they're, it, yeah. you had two pages, and they would have been a full issue each. Well, the the thing that got me was I trying to get fit this book in for um, the show. Like I wanted to, wanted to say a backup story about Stephen King for the first two issues. I kind of like just breeze through it. Yeah, just so I didn't I, think it was yeah, going to be that much. Read, right. yeah. But then by the third issue, you had to go back. The third issue, I uh, sorry, is that better? No, that's okay. All right, <laughs> that's okay. But the third issue, I saw Sweet in it, and I was like, oh, what the F is going on? So I had to go back to the first issue yeah. and start reading it, and it just – I mean, Stephen King is, is a brilliant writer, so I wasn't disappointed by having to do that. I mean, I think Stephen King is better off staying with his own characters, but I didn't think that really hurt him that well or that much here. I just – I wish – I guess I wish I would have read the backup story or realized it was important before the third issue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got uh, as soon as I figured out that the the back story quote is just as long as the you know the original issue. I had to go back and read all the backstory, which is a little more confusing. But um, uh, I I like the book. Um, I think I liked it for the setting. Uh, I like me a west a good western. You know, and and you know, boiled down, it's it's in the western genre, kinda. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's in L.A. at times. It's in Hollywood. So, but that's kind of intriguing to me as well, like how Hollywood got its start and stuff like that. And in, in 1925, which is amazing to think about, um, still had the old Hollywood Land sign up. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was cool. Um, I think uh, Raphael Albuquerque. I think it's one of the coolest names ever, but. Uh, I think he did a good job on art. You know what uh, one shot he did recently was the Weapon X point or uh, X Force point one. Oh, oh. that's that's good. Keep my eyes out. Food for fact. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think Pearl. I liked. I don't know what to think of Pearl's the first half of the story. Pearl's story. I liked. I, well, first off, I was probably put off by the fact that Skinner Sweet is a daywalker. Um, He's kind of a d-bag too. In the backstory, it says yeah. you know he robbed these banks and he let his men have their way with the women that worked at the bank. Yeah, he's not he's not a good guy. Not a likable uh, character. Uh, and he basically saves Pearl from death into creating Pearl into and his likeness where she can walk during the day and stuff, pretty much to exact revenge against 
Percy and the European vampires. The, the Euro vamps. Uh, the whole idea is that vampires can be different according to different bloodlines, according to different evolutionary steps in you know their environment. So Skinner Sweet and Pearl are American. I guess they're the American vampires. They can walk during the day. Um, they lose pretty much all their powers on moonless nights, which yeah. is kind of weird mm-hmm. and uh, kind of confusing. Kind of to sleep. Yeah, like they're yeah. real groggy. They can barely move. Um, I like I said, I li- I like the story. Oh, I think I like the story. Pearl Pearl's story was a little weird for me. I liked it, but I didn't like it at the same time. It was weird. Yeah, I think I liked uh, the Skinner story the most. I I might have liked it more if the Will Bunting uh, writer story was the main story and Pearl's was the backup. Maybe. Yeah, it seems more of a complete story, like Will Bunting documenting the, yeah. the travels and stuff. Whereas Pearl, I'd like to know what kind of um, hand she has in for after the six issues or the five issues, wherever mm-hmm. this was, because you just don't. I don't know. I, I think we were all just lukewarm. I think yeah. uh, I don't know. I was, was kind of hot that one issue though, where she was she started doing that. And I, you want with the, you mean with the goddaughter with the military hobo? No, the no 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 <laughs> Pearl like. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about the Abigail, uh, the oh, goddaughter yeah, yeah. that wanted to have sex with her godfather. That's uh, Jim Book. Jim that Book. Sheriff. He had the coolest mustache ever, though. He really yeah, did. It was, he, it it was amazing. Cool. Chenzi, you didn't appreciate the uh, the William Book, Jim Book character? No, I liked Jim Book. I, you know, no surprise that I liked the Stephen King mm-hmm. stuff much more than I did uh, the Snyder stuff, which sucks because I think Scott Snyder is a very talented writer. Um I I just agree. I think Stephen King should have been the first half of the book, and then it maybe would have made more sense to me because it would have been much more linear story storytelling. But you know, of course, I'm pretty sure Stephen King didn't want to come in and just take over this guy's concept. Right? Yeah, um, it was Scott Snyder's baby, probably. You know. And it, it's a little bit too much like a gunslinger for you know Stephen King to put a stamp on it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Stephen King just gets the horror genre so much better than a guy who writes yeah. superhero comics. You know? And, and yeah. that's 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 maybe the, the biggest gripe I have that I think Snyder Snyder started out with a great con Snot Snyder. <laughs> Scott <laughs> Snyder <laughs> Thanks. Well then you'll look at me. No, I just think um he took a good concept but just made it a superhero book. Yeah. With vampires and it's like uh, it's that, yeah. that you know it's not a book that I, I'm going to continue monthly or uh, grab the trades. I wish Morning Glories we'd flip flops and done American Vampire last week and Morning Glories this week. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. For, Just for the on big, a higher note, yeah. for the big and on Paper a high note. Um, you know, some, uh, some. I mean, well, uh, someone had suggested that our next book be Rising Stars by JMS. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I uh, I was I was I was intrigued. Absolutely, I, I will read that. You know, good do, good or bad. Do we have we, any other suggestions for the next week? Uh, we have to. We probably have to talk about Liberty Meadows. Liberty. <laughs> yeah, we can maybe finally get that resolved. <laughs> um, yeah, American Vampire. I was just kind of uh, you know I went through it. I didn't have any connection with the characters. Nothing made me uh, excited or saddened. Uh, yeah, didn't 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 grab me. Yeah, even when the reveal that Hattie decided to, she wanted to be a vampire too to follow Pearl. I was kind of like, eh. yeah, yeah, completely contrasted with Snyder's run on Detective Comics, which is phenomenal. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. Absolutely phenomenal. I give him I give him his props for uh, doing this though, and yeah. you know, creator own books. Come on, yeah, absolutely. It. You got to give yeah. props for creator own books, but. You know, it's just uh, when something. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Daily. I'm gonna read them to you. It's just, it just feels better every Gets time. Gets me wistful every time I hear it. Wistful. Uh, this is the segment where. We read your real letters into the show every week. Letters at papercake.com. Uh, we will read them, no matter how crappy. Yeah. I mean, uh, or hurtful. You, or hurtful. If you don't want to. Hurtful it, the better. If you don't like the hearing the letters that come in, then write your own letters. Yeah, I mean, write your own on. damn letters. How Je- about that? Sweet G's Jesuit. Sweet Jeepers. Jesuits. <laughs> I don't know. Little known fact, my... Uh, 
Uh, Natasi's great uncle was the oldest living Jesuit wow. in the United States. Wow. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Paper slash trivia. Named my son after him. Wow. Moving on. Letters. Spoilers. Life spoilers. Life spoilers. <laughs> Thank you, Barry Sale, for getting us life spoilers. <laughs> that is so a new segment. That is so a new line. All right. This uh, first one comes in from Don. I don't know if, you know, if the four of you were on the paper cake corporate jet, which, you know, we're, which we have, which we have, sitting and it crashed in the mountains somewhere, he poses a series of questions. I think it'd be fun. All right. Or should I save that for when all four of us are Should we do them round now? Do Number it one, who would be the first to suggest cam- cannibalism to avoid starvation? Jonesy. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, weird because, it's weird because uh, we just had this discussion. I watched uh, the unreleased Anchorman DVD that came out. Like when it first came out on DVD, there was a, there was a bookend uh, bonus DVD that like – they cut out two plots, so they just looped all the deleted scenes into another movie. And there was a scene where they're going after Veronica. She was kidnapped, and they get lost for five minutes in the mountains. And then Ron Burgundy just, like, freaks out and says that they have to turn to cannibalism to survive. (laughs) And, like, over his shoulder, you can see an old Sunoco sign. So they're, like, five minutes away from civilization, but they're, like, ready to just give up. And if, if if not for any other reason, then Jonesy brings up the awkward moments between us four. And he, uh, really he just does. he gets it out on the table, mm-hmm. and he really gets us communicating. So we need to get those up. options out on the table as fast as possible. Who would end up being the first meal and why? Me. Mm. Probably. Me. I'd be the first. Maybe? I would love to I'd just... I'd sacrifice myself for your all it's like your in, being. It's like in a live where they chop up the people's ass cheeks, and it's yeah. like chicken. Hey, oh cut some bacon God. off my back. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Tyree. <laughs> Which part would you eat <laughs> first and why? Which part would we eat first, my lord? Rump yeah, roast. And who would take the first bite? I'm, I'm over this letter, so. Uh, <laughs> Rump roast. I mean, let's, let's just get that. Next out. letter. Slim. Yes. In episode eight, you flipped out about how Superman fan jeans get tight just by hearing the Williams theme. You said they were zeros and should get over it. I'd like to agree. Keep up the great work. Ah, there you go. Willie Case. See? That's some positive love feedback. Love Slim. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, you know, I thought that was going to go a different direction. I thought someone was going to insult me. Hey, but it's it's always good to see Jonesy. Uh, you weren't in the last show where no, I flipped I out about the. But Williams. I did listen. What did you think about that? Um, I think your points are valid. What I think what you failed to I mm-hmm. conceptualize is that ninety percent of people who like Superman, like Christopher Reeve and Superman the movie, don't read Superman comics, aren't jaded by years of Superman crap backstory. And then that evokes something, you know, that theme song evokes them in the backyard with a towel as a cape running around chasing their best friend who's being Lex Luthor. So, like, that song evokes, you know, brings back something tangible for them. Time to move on. Okay. No, I get it. Time to move on right now. All right. Who who wrote that letter? What was his name? Slim. I think it was at Slim on the Twitter wrote that. Yeah. Something K, I heard. Willie. Willie Willie K. K. Willie K. I hope to see you in Wizard World, Philadelphia. Willie, coming soon. We'll be there Saturday. Paper keg. Give me five good reasons to go see Green Lantern not using Blake Lively. Can't do it. I don't. Kilowog. Five five reasons. Five reasons? Kilowog. I might give you one reason. What? Support the comic books community. (laughs) Yeah, that's what. That's my number two. Kilowog, number one, because he's awesome. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe you'll see some cool trailers ahead of it. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a good yeah. one. Number three. Mm. Uh, I like Peter Sarsgaard as Hector. Hammond. He's a good actor. Uh, he was he in was, Garden State, wasn't he? Yeah, he's he probably going to stink as Hector Hammond. But okay. Yeah. yeah, no, no, you're probably right. Um, I don't know, Sinestro. He's uh, kind of cool. You, you get to see him as a as a Green Lantern. Is that four? Can we just say five? I think yeah. it's five anyway. Yeah. Good grief! Thank God. Yeah, they, those weren't particularly great reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Just go see. If the Mark, movie. you know, Mark is not here. He's on assignment. I'm sure Mark would have been like, "Geoff Johns wrote the story arc, and they're going to be true to it, and that's why you should see it." Mark. Dot com. If Mark he, if would he have lis- had some good ones. If he actually listens to this episode, he'll ream us, but he won't listen. I don't to think he'll listen. Guys, can you recommend a good DD story not written by either Miller or Bendis? Also, why is DD yeah. so lame? Yeah, uh, hmm. go pick up Brubaker's run on Daredevil. Uh, he picked up the book after Bendis. Who else? Anyone besides Brubaker? Uh, let's see. I liked uh, 
Uh, well, Kevin Smith has the most fav- famous I'm one. Guardian shut this Devil. podcast I down got, right now. I just no, got no, way tense right now. It was the most famous. I didn't say it was the best. Tension. Uh, I like David Mack with the whole Echo storyline. That one was weird. I remember that. But I liked it. And I you know, I found out Daredevil could play the piano by touch. Let's see. What, what else? Yeah. I, and I think actually any Marvel Knights Daredevil story is really good. What about that? Wasn't that Wolverine? Go get Wolverine. Born. Run. Mm. <laughs> Wasn't that a good Daredevil story too? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Daredevil. What's Daredevil? What yellow? Oh, that was yellow. That was that was Tim, Tim Sale. Sale. Yeah, Daredevil Yellow. If you like yeah, yeah. Miller and Bendis, go get Daredevil Yellow. Hmm. That's it. I think that's, that's our it. final decision. Daredevil Yellow. What a show! Good show. Good. What a show! Another tight, tight as a bull's a. Got ten behind us, and maybe a million more in front of us. Master the possibilities. Maybe. Uh, Tune in next week for possible return of Mark Farrington from assignment. Who's got time? You know, DC historian. You know, nope. I, I don't even need to see last word anymore because he's not even here to say it. history books. DC historian, uh, Jonesy writer. Thanks for having us. Hey, yeah. you're welcome anytime. Dale, you can be my wingman anytime. Internet celebrity. Thanks for coming down. Bless. You can be mine. <laughs> Drink. Goodbye. Drink.